Hello and greetings, everyone. Peace and love to everyone around the world. My name is Dayron Shavers, and I want to welcome you to the Anniverse Network podcast. All right. And today we have a very special guest with us. All right. So, you know, with Anniverse Now Enterprises, we really focus on bringing the natural world to you. And today we have an amazing person with us today. All right. She is a healer, an author, a classical singer, and an artist. And the list goes on. All right. And what she has to share with us today, as we know, is with nature, there's many ways that nature benefits us. All right. And this way that the wonderful guest here, Ulrike Selick, is going to share with us today is maybe something that you may or maybe not have heard of. All right. So I want to bring forward the amazing, lovely, Ms. Ulrike Selick. <laughs> Thank you, Daron. That was such a sweet introduction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking about your channel a lot and how nature is perceived differently by different people. People think, oh, nature is just, you know, the trees and the, <laughs> the animals and stuff, totally forgetting the real part of nature, that everything is nature. To me, nature is what other people call source or divine or God even. You know, that is nature, almighty nature. It's not called almighty for nothing. Uh, so everything is made of that. We are part of that. We're not separate from it. Sometimes it seems that on the surface, we treat each other as something separate or nature as something separate, the environment as something separate, animals as something separate. But we're really one homogenous whole. Um, a few years ago, I sort of had that vision of, how do you describe what we all are to somebody who wants to know? And then I thought of an octopus, you know, the camera focusing on one leg of the octopus and going, oh, that's interesting. And then another one, oh my God, there's two of them. And then three, four, five, eight, oh my God, so many. And then the camera zooms up to the head of the octopus and Turns out we're all one. We're all the one. It's like we're an upside down octopus, you know, all these different people and different countries and different cultures and, you know, everything. And really at the source, what are we? We're just the one manifested as the many, which is fun. It's like a theater play, but it's freaking confusing at times because we think we're separate and we have to fight and we have to argue and we have to communicate and we have to fix something and do something else and control something else when really it's just the one literally the one play happening at all times so for me that is nature you know you you may have different um visions of nature but i have a feeling on some level because you're also a reiki healer um there is that element right that is at the basis and that we're just an expression of so that's what i wanted to start with um I don't yeah. know if you have any other questions about that. I just yeah. wanted to blurt that out. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a wonderful description uh, because we are all one. And yeah. we have to realize that the nature around, around us is really a part of us as well. Yes. You know, whether it's the trees, the animals, you know, even the pesky insects that people look Everything. at. <laughs> you know, I happen to love insects. I love spiders. They're super intelligent. If you ever watch any 
any videos on how incredibly intelligent spiders are or ravens or pigs. You know, all the ones that we go, oh, are amongst the most intelligent beings. They're all sentient beings. Everything, everything on earth has life, has consciousness, has the essence of nature, which is pure love. Everything, literally everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, so you have a book that you recently created and it's called Singing Yourself Well in Seven Seconds, a yeah. process to free your voice and change your life in seven seconds. Yeah. Now, what can you tell us about your book and kind of what brought you to actually creating it? Yeah. Um, it started with me being an introvert all my life. I had celestial experiences, divine experiences, near-death experiences as a child. I was in what's called um, in Eastern astrology in Saturn Mahadasha. That means Saturn is very inward, very withdrawn, very singular. Uh, all the kids around me were partying and were doing things and, you know, and loved school. And I literally hated school. I was deathly afraid of school. I got bullied. It was just hell, hell. So I was really inward. I was happiest when I was sitting in nature in a meadow, had spiders crawl over my head, just melting into that experience in the mountains or near water. That was my world. And so when I was, so the inward tendency was already there. My parents, my mother, my everybody, four generations back were all musicians and classical singers. And I was also a piano prodigy and I was in the choir and I did uh, piano recitals with the orchestra, you know, sonatas, Mozart sonatas. And so I, I had all that in the womb, but as soon, because I was so inward, my mother not only had to drug me with valerian, which is harmless, before every recital, so I would just chill out and be comfortable just playing. But also because I was so inward, uh, when I was 20, I finally learned to meditate. I finally learned transcendental meditation and I was home. I was in the place that I've been longing for ever since my near-death experiences as a child. Uh, and from then on, I became even more inward. I went into an ashram to be with Maharishi, Maharishi Yogi, the founder of TM. And I learned to Ayurvedically cook and became a really good cook. So good that the ladies who were always traveling with Maharishi took me with them around the world uh, to cook for them. But it meant, again, away from society, away from any kind of self-expressions, more inward. Then I came here to MIU, Mercia International University, and studied here. Again, a curriculum with more meditation, morning and evening, which was heaven for me. I'm not ever saying it was not good. It's the basis of who I am. I found myself. Uh, I loved it. But at some point, um, I was inward almost exclusively to the extent where I wasn't expressing anything. I didn't ever say what I wanted, what I needed, uh, expressing my feelings, certainly not singing, nothing. I was completely only living 100% on the inside. The 100% on the outside were completely gone from my life. So when I was 32, I had just become a meditation teacher after a long training of about half a year. I had a health problem, major health problem. I grew thyroid cancer. And when I saw a doctor here, 
he just said, oh, you know, he came with a ruler and he said, oh, two, two centimeters or three centimeters, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, that's scary. They're treating me like I was just material. So we went to see our friendly doctor, Deepak Chopra, um, whom I had seen every year because he came to MIU in those days. He was very friendly with the TM movement and meditated himself. And he had meetings with Marishi. And we had seen him every year, my husband and I, my then former husband, with whom I was married for 23 years. Um, we have a son together. We, we saw him to get advanced techniques, to get meditation techniques that he taught at the time. So we had seen him over the years and he knew me pretty well. So I thought I have to go see him. So we flew in the middle of the night, in the middle of the winter, in a blizzard. We flew to Boston, where he was at the time, in Lancaster, Massachusetts. And he had his clinic there. And he was kind enough to see me at 1030 at night. And it was really cozy office, lots of wood and low lights and just really charming. Not at all a doctor's office, you know, and the blizzard was raging outside. And he was so loving and so kind. And he said, you know, I've I've known you for a long time now and you've always been an introvert. You never speak up. You never tell me what you're thinking. I certainly made up for the not speaking, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said, now we've come to a point in your life where all that not speaking up and not expressing your feelings has come to where your throat chakra is completely blocked. You have a block in your throat chakra and the throat is the connection between heart and mind. You have not been speaking your heart nor your mind. You have been closing this off. Now you have to heal it. And the way to heal it is if you learn to sing and learn to express yourself. So I had to have an operation, but after that I needed nothing else other than to free my throat chakra. And so I wrote my mother in Germany. I sent her a fax you know, to help and she sent me faxes back. And she taught me how to sing, basically, because she was an opera singer, classical singer. And so she taught me to sing via faxes. And uh, over the next few months, I learned how to sing at least minimally to, to get well. And then after a couple of years, I learned enough to audition and perform. And I performed in an opera. I had my debut in 2002 or three. And after that, suddenly people kept coming to me. I performed a few more times with orchestra arias on the stage, you know, opera. And people kept coming to me and with their children or with their daughter or they themselves. And it was almost exclusively women, but there were a couple guys too. And they wanted to learn how to sing, how I had changed my life. Isn't that really the way it is with us, you know, energy mm -hmm. healers? At the time I first performed and I had learned to sing, I also... Uh, learned energetic healing. I learned all seven modalities of Balwarsh Mahashi, who is an Ayurvedic doctor. He has, is since passed, but I learned all the modalities from him. And then I combined it with tapping, which I also learned at the time. That was all in 1999. And I learned to sing with an official teacher at that time. So everything changed for me in 1999 when you were not, oh, you were born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was Remember those days when you were like <laughs> crawling around? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have sons the same, similar age of yours. So I always reference back, oh, wait a minute. Am I talking about something that they're just going, duh, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Or am I going, they're going, oh, yes, yes, I remember those times. Yeah. So um, anyway, so uh, when people kept coming to me, wanting to learn to sing or they had a problem in their life or they 
they faced a midlife crisis or their spouse had died or they had a divorce or the children were out of the house. And they suddenly thought, my God, what am I doing with my life? Every time somebody came to me and I tuned in energetically, they had their throat chakra blocked. And believe me, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through back then. Nobody should have a health problems because they didn't dissolve energetically what was coming towards them in a manifested form. So I basically found myself teaching the same thing, intuitively the same thing over and over and over again. And at some point I said, God, you got to give me something because I can't keep going like this. I cannot teach every single person the same thing over and over the healing yes no problem and even that i figured out how to teach people you know the tapping and the energy healing because i cannot take on more people but at least the vocal has to be in a book so ta-da <laughs> in 2016 i published my book sing yourself well in seven seconds i'm editing it now i'm making it even better but the content is the same content it's the seven steps that need to be manifested in the body in order for the body to be in balance and it's using your voice. So in the first chapter, I talk about why we don't sing. And there's all kinds of factors, you know, society, pharmaceutical industry, medical industry, uh, school system, education system, parents, upbringing, trauma, all kinds of reasons. Second chapter, why we have to sing. All kinds of scientific research already points towards singing being incredibly valuable, so good for our health, for our lung, system, uh, lung capacity, for our immune system strengthening, so many different reasons why we need to sing. But of course, people say, oh, I'm not a singer. You know, I don't really, I can't hold a key. And that's exactly what happened to me too. When I was 18 years old, as a last ditch effort to join the relative uh, world, which I was sucking at at the time because I just wanted to be inward and meditate and get enlightened. Um, I applied to the German university in Munich called Musikhochschule. It means uh, music college, basically. It's very high level. And I prepared an aria. And at the time, remember, I didn't sing yet. I was in the choir, but I really didn't have a voice. And she had me start the aria and halfway through, she hammered on her keys and to, for me to stop. And then, yeah, just sing those few notes. I had very good low notes, very good high notes, but the middle wasn't good and I knew that. And so she had me just sing the middle. And then she hit, hit the keys again on the piano and said, no, you'll never amount to anything. It's much too late. I was 18 years old, 18 years. I was told that me coming from a musical family, having really good hearing, being incredibly musical, incredibly gifted. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just stating the facts. I was not allowed to continue according to her standards. Now, imagine this happening to people who don't have the background that I have. And many of my students now that I teach every week have exactly that background. They were told as children, oh, you have a terrible voice or not so loud or be quiet or you can't sing off key or they were thrown out of the choir. That instrument that we all have, what I call a healing instrument, because it actually is, and I'll get into this. They were shot up. Their throat chakra was artificially from some other which we know doesn't exist, so it's only self-referral, really. But at the time, it felt very much like somebody else shutting you up. So they closed down their throat chakra. And I don't want anybody to go through the extreme manifestation of a closed throat chakra that I went through. 
you know. And when we say throat chakra, I think your listeners will be tuned in. The throat chakra simply means an energy center that is responsible for self-expression. That's what the throat Absolutely. chakra is for. Absolutely. And we want that to be open with everybody. We don't want an hourglass there where it's all compressed. We want a cylinder. We want the whole body to be full of flow. And that is what I'm teaching in Seeing Yourself Well and in my YouTube channel, uh, which is also Seeing Yourself Well. So that is how I came about writing this book. It had to happen. Believe me, I had no intention of becoming an author or teaching singing or becoming a healer. It was just God saying, okay, now you go here. Now you're going to do this. Now you're going to do this. Now you're going to have this experience. And this is why. And now that I'm on all these podcasts, I'm realizing, oh my God, this is so necessary. This is so necessary because remember, no, you don't remember this. 50 years ago, there was no meditation available. There was no yoga. Those two things were like woo-woo. They were like, whoa, you're a weirdo. You know, what are you doing? You know, that can't be true. Now it's a common household word. Reiki, you know, um, my man thing that I have here at home, he's a Reiki person. He's done it for 30, 40 years. It's normal in this day and age. The voice is still something that we keep traditionally, we keep it for communication or we keep it for performing for others, for being nice, for pleasing or for being shut up or telling somebody else, or oh, you can't sing. What the hell? We That's all it. have a voice. Most of us do. And we need to use it for us. It's in our body. Okay. It belongs to us. It's a healing instrument. Every note, if I may just get into this, every note in our range has a different frequency. And that resonates in a different part of the body. Most of us have been so shut up and intimidated that we're not singers, that we only use our speaking voice. And even there, if you imagine for a moment, children on a playground, okay, three years old, four years, five years, six years at max, what do their voices sound like? High, low, expressive, crying, laughing, moaning, shouting, whispering varied the children the young children for the most part are still very free in their expression now imagine fast forwarding 10 years those same children are now teenagers 13 14 15 what do their voices sound like now what i don't know whatever i don't care totally monotonous two three notes at best i know because my sons were exactly like that and even now when they're in a bad mood you know what do i get whatever mom dude uh, uh, this this two three note flattened emotion all the emotion that everybody has and i find that especially too for guys actually guys have huge range of emotions as children and if they're allowed to continue to have them even as adults most men try to be formal and businesslike and brave and all these qualities that we put on guys and don't even get me started because I'll start crying. This happened to so many of our politicians. This happens to so many business guys, women too, to some extent, but we, with women, we're more lenient. We go, oh yeah, we allow them more emotion. Guys, we really need to allow you more emotions because otherwise your voice will get very, very constricted. You will compress your heart, throat chakra. You will not allow your heart to be heard by the mind and the mind has to run around figuring out everything by itself which is not fair it's not normal it's not natural we want to open this up 
Guys, learn this method. Everybody actually learn this method, that seven second method to completely clear out your whole body and create flow and communication and drop into the present moment. And then you will find that your voice is more able to reflect your emotions. You'll have a bigger range. You'll have a higher range for sometimes and a lower range at some point. But it won't be this like because you were told to shut up in some way or another. That was very long. But anyway. Absolutely. And I, I like how I think it's powerful how you explain your past and the experiences that you had and where it took you to where you are as a healer now, right? Because I feel like you're able to reach back and help people that are going through the same things possibly that you had went through yeah. and, you know, really help to bring them through. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, um, as healers, as we're going along our journey, we don't really understand what's going on, right? Until we yeah. get to a point, you know, where it's like that aha moment, like, ah, oh. yeah. Like, okay, like with me as a Reiki healer, I got to an age where it's like, okay, now I understand all of the situations that I was in. Now I'm able to be able to heal myself and heal others with that, yeah. right? So I feel like with singing, you know, a lot of people are comfortable singing in the car, you know, in the shower when nobody else yeah. is around, you know, yeah. they, like you said, they don't think that they have, you know, a voice or things like yeah. they can't sing or things right. like that. But I like how you said we're all right. We all have a voice and yeah. we're able to use that to help heal ourselves. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that's a very powerful aspect in the art that you do. Anyverse Now Enterprises, an animal health organization, is committed to fostering harmony between animals, nature and humans. We offer a range of services from Reiki and therapy to comprehensive education, empowering pet owners and communities to coexist in harmony. Join us in creating a world where animals, nature, and humans thrive together. Visit our website at dayronshavers.com to discover how you can be part of this transformative journey. Yeah, really important. Because when we use our only our speaking voice, we only use about five to seven notes. Da, 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 that's about five to seven notes. And that's what I found with all the hundreds of people who sat on my couch and who walked in my studio. You know, I had one um, girl come in uh, a year and a half ago. She came with a guitar. You know how sometimes people barricade themselves behind an instrument because they need something to hold on to. And she said, I can't really sing, but I wanted to play the song for you. And maybe you can help me with the song. And she literally had five notes she was singing. It was a country Western song. And she drummed with the guitar. It was beautiful, but it was all in the chest voice. Now, women, we speak in the chest voice, but we have a head voice. We have, and everybody actually has about 25 notes in their range, even guys. We have two and a half octaves in our range, three octaves, really. Wow. So when we speak, we use five or seven notes. We don't use the rest of the notes and every note, like I said, has a certain frequency resonating in a different part of the body. Now, what do you think happens if we only use da 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 da? All these notes are not used, and the ones are not used. The ones connecting us with our higher abilities, finer feeling level, um, intuition right here, and the ones connecting us to divine. We don't use them. Most people never use them. Maybe if they see a cute puppy or a baby or something cute and they are a girl, they will go, oh, da, 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 you're so cute, gone, done. But at least they're using it sometimes. Men hardly ever. 
the lower frequency grounding us into the earth. So important. Most people don't do that either because they they don't want to growl. They feel silly. Most people don't do something that's good for them because they feel silly. Now, where's the silly coming from? From the perceived outside, from the judgment, from other people, from society, from the media, you know, the pretty, pretty faced media that's so perfect and so totally unreal. We are God incarnate. We are divine incarnate. And we have all the tools. We have the mind to go outward or to transcend. We have the voice to communicate, please, or criticize or to heal ourselves. Why not use it? Absolutely. Powerful, powerful note. And, you know, what the thing is, a lot of people don't don't see singing as a form of energy healing. Right. You know? <laughs> but as you explained it, you know, it's kind of like the higher, and correct me if I'm wrong, the higher the note, right, the higher the frequency, yes. right, and it's going into the higher chakras and exactly. the lower your voice, the lower the chakra, yes. right? So as you said- and They need to be all connected. Be not just in the middle voice, we're all using the heart chakra and the self-expression chakra. So that's good. A little bit of the power chakra for guys, especially because they talk a little bit lower. So that's good. But sometimes the power chakra needs to be shaken. And that's what I, one of the methods I use in here, one of the steps in the seven second sequence, which has those seven steps in it, deals with how to use the power chakra. Many people hold the power chakra tight, controlling, you know, to be, because of afraid, you know, fear, you know, to be controlling of others, controlling of self, controlling of emotions or other people. And I used to be one of them. Other people let this power chakra totally go like, oh, yeah, whatever you want. Oh, I don't care. And not speaking up, just letting other people decide for you. Now, ultimately, I think it has served me because God literally could move me like a leaf in the wind from place to place. And I ended up here and it's not a bad place. But in general, it's better if the power chakra is in balance. And one of the exercises that literally takes two seconds brings the power back to the power, brings the power chakra into balance with itself so that we can be flexible. If control is necessary, we will do that. If letting go is necessary, it will do that. And it'll be spontaneous and not because we're thinking, oh my God, what am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to do this or that? And this is the same with all the other chakras. And I go into that in the book. Um, those seven qualities are basically qualities that the body needs to have before all decisions are made, before affirmations work, before anything that you put in from the outside is calibrated appropriately for our nervous system. And we all need things differently. Not one cookie cutter solution is the solution for us. And with this method, you'll be able to feel into yourself, which is why it's so great for parents and for kids. And I've taught hundreds of kids in schools, private schools and home schools and public schools and charter schools, this technique to find themselves in seven seconds and then they make better decisions. Do I want to take that drug that somebody's offering? Oh, I don't. I'm I'm good. Do I, am I scared of this test? Like, oh my God, biting my nails. No, I'm actually good. I'm fine. Do I need to study for this test? Yeah, I could study another hour. Then I feel good. It gets you in touch with what is right for you. And I think it is absolutely vital for kids and for parents. Parents should learn it first, clearly, so that when they teach their kids or the kids watch or read my ebook that I wrote for kids, that's free. I still have to put it somewhere, but it's it's available. Um, 
then they know, oh, this is what my child will feel like. Oh my God, what a gift I'm giving my child. Absolutely. So with that, that brings me to, you know, another thought where I know earlier in, in the show, you discussed how, you know, years ago, as far as energy healing, it wasn't talked about as much, right? People thought it was taboo, you know, and whatever they thought, whereas yeah. now it's becoming more recognized. So now that brings me to the question to ask you, where do you see energy healing overall in the next five to 10 years? I love that question. And I knew you were going to ask me and I just love it because my mission, and I'm sure yours is too, to make people self-sufficient, to make it a household world where it's so that it's not even a matter of a different modality being imported into my life that I use. It's part of my makeup. It'll be so normal. It'll be so commonplace just like meditation and yoga maybe even more so because it's actually our nature we're made of energy physics is telling us that and has been for decades that everything in the universe is made up of energy why would we think we are the big exceptions to this rule we're not we're made of energy we know this from meditation many of your listeners and viewers probably are familiar with meditation where the mind goes to very subtle levels you know transcending the body the senses the mind the intellect the fine feeling level even the intuition even and going to this field of absolute bliss unbounded awareness or whatever you want to call it so we already know that this tool that can lead us away mind can also lead us home through different levels of energy more subtle and more subtle and more subtle and we know from physics that more subtle is more powerful. My father was a physicist. I never comprehended. I flunked physics class completely. I just don't have the brain for that stuff. But I think something is more refined and has more powerful. I think the atom has more powerful energy than something that is beyond that is higher up on the scale and then beyond the atom is even more subtle energy i really should learn this because if i mention it anywhere then people will go yeah yeah lady yeah you're really convincing me <laughs> so i really should find out do you happen to know which is more subtle adam i think is power powerful because adam bomb but i think there's something more more subtle even than that well i don't want to because i haven't done the direct research just yet yeah right? see but i haven't I either but know, i know that yeah. there's, the more subtle is more powerful which is why energy is where it's at before That's anything nice. manifests in our life we need to feel the energy the secret talks about that i don't know if you're familiar with the with the movie the secret but they teach us there what we already know of course that if you want something you got to put your attention on it because whenever we put our attention on something it makes it stronger and whenever we feel something, it makes it stronger. And it's not a feeling thing like, oh, yeah, I really want to have this. It's more like, wow, this feeling makes me feel so good to live in this place with this house, with this spouse, with these kids in this environment, have this job that feels so good. If you can feel it, then you can make it make it happen. And so energy is something that's the first manifestation out of the unified field, out of source, out of anything. Before anything manifests concretely, we got to feel it in energy. And that's how divine works, right? From finer substance to grosser substance until finally it manifests in something really wonderful or in a problem. Absolutely. And just going back to the atoms, you know, we are made of... So hundreds and millions of atoms, you know, within us, right? So, you know, when we're talking about energy, people, you know, I want the viewers just to remember that our bodies is energy, 
right? It's a, a huge energetic machine. And a lot of times when, you know, we feel low, we feel sad or we're grieving, just keep in mind our energy is low in those aspects, right? So it's very powerful that we're finding ways to actually raise our energy to be able to live a more balanced and healthful life, right? So with singing, this is a powerful tool that Oriki is, you know, bringing to us, right? And bringing awareness for people to really realize that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a Grammy-nominated singer to be able to heal yourself through using your voice, right? So with that, Ulrike, what message would you want everyone to hear and what action would you really advise them to take after mm. watching this video? Well, listen to everything I said again and everything you said because we seem to agree on a lot of things. And if you have any healing issue, you were mentioning sadness, grieving, you know, I lost my parents recently and it's just, my heart was so heavy for so long and goes to the lungs, right? Grief is in the lungs. You don't want to harbor that very long, do you? Because the lungs, we need them for breathing. We need them to be free. We need them for our immune strength. We don't want to have problems in that area. So you want to release the grief, keep the love, but release the grief. And energy methods like Jodi Apman, which is what I do, and the tapping, which is what I do, and the Reiki, which is what you do, are wonderful ways to release those and dissolve those energies that are no longer in our highest good. Dissolve them. Keep the love because that's our nature. We can never get rid of love. Sometimes people feel, if I heal this grief, then will I not miss my father, my mother, my whomever, my loved one? No, of course, you will always be close to them. It just will not impact your health negatively anymore because you dissolve the heaviness, the down energy, like you were saying, something that it pulls us down and out of the now into the past or the worry about the future or the grief in the past, that will be dissolved. And with this seeing yourself well technique in seven seconds, you can literally drop in seven seconds into the present moment. Yesterday, when was yesterday? Thursday morning, yes. I had two students come in, one of them was crying. There were a couple and she was crying and he said, oh, they just got some bad news. A dear friend of them died. And I know that friend too. That friend had been ill for a long time. So I felt relief for him because he was free, but she was really, really, really sad and just couldn't stop crying. And I said, okay, let's just do the seven seconds really quickly. And in seven seconds, we were jumping up and down and we were laughing and we were hugging each other because the grief, the stress, the sadness that would have impacted us over time was poofed away and the love was there and the love for the friend and the love for each other. It is super, super important that we don't take on watching news, worrying about other people, other countries, the world peace, all this stuff is not on the outside. What we're watching on the outside is something being released that is from the past. It's being released. Our job as light workers, as healers, as meditators, as parents, as educators is to go home to self and be sure that we are clear, that we are not taking things on, that we're not making the atmosphere heavier, the energy heavier and pull it down, like you said, but that we lighten it and we lighten it by getting into our life, our present moment. And when we do that, 
something opens, something clears, and suddenly we're able to act from our moment, our happiness, our moment, our life for the better good, for the highest good for everybody else, because we are not taking this on. Now, out of that could come a wonderful action, a charitable action, a helpful action, an intuition that we're suddenly getting, I have to do this in order to help. I have to learn this healing modality. Something could come out of this, but it will not come as easily if we feel all we should and these people are suffering and this is suffering. Yes, this is always happening. This theater of God is always happening. And there's nothing we can do on that level. We've tried. We've tried peace treaties. We've tried killing each other. We've tried everything. It's not working. What we need to do is go within. Meditate and heal and sing and then act. Act from that moment of peace that we can create in our own life and then have only good, uplifting, vitally important actions that come from our now, just like you're doing with your podcast. I mean, the way you were inspired to do all this, to reach out to me and to reach out to others and to do your Reiki and help even animals. Some people don't even think animals are sentient beings. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> people who are watching this, of course, they know that many of them probably even have pets. I mean, I have nine freaking cats, um, not because I really wanted to have nine cats, but because we took in a stray and another stray and she was pregnant with six kitties. And now we have nine cats. So there's that. It. But, you know, we, we are called to be in our life, to help, to be good people, to help others by being, by carving out our space with, with divine guidance. Okay, free from clutter, from societal norms and from the media and from all this stuff, we have to learn that we are beings that are connected with God, each of us. And as such, we are one. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and there you have it, viewers. Um, a powerful message and a powerful actions to actually take after hearing the message. Right. So I want you all, everyone, to keep in mind. Um, and Oriki, I really appreciate your time. I'm grateful that you came on the show to introduce everyone to the work that you do to the world and how you help people regularly. And be sure to check out the book. Do you want to hold it up again for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> there you go there. So be sure Sing to check well, out. In seven seconds, it's on Amazon. I also have a blog, singyourselfwell.com. And as an artist, I have my artist website, ulrikeselekart.com. And I'm sure you'll put all those links in the description box. And what else? Uh, my YouTube channel, Sing Yourself Well. And also, again, Ulrike Selek Art. But for this show, Sing Yourself Well is a really good one, a really good resource if you wanted to catch up on some of the techniques that I offer to help singers as well as non-singers, which is most of us, right, who just really would like to get in touch with that healing instrument and use it to get into the present moment so you can live a better life, make better decisions for yourself, for others, and therefore for all of us. Because every right decision for us is not just a right decision for us. It's aligned with heaven on earth, right? I mean, what are humans? We are the antenna between divine and earth. We're the only ones who consistently walk upright as long as we can, right? And as such, we have this intuition. We have this ability already. We just need to aliven it, become aware of it, be straight in our body rather than curving down and feeling down or leaning back and thinking we don't care. Being straight is one of the many steps that I teach that get us into the now and from there we act in life and help the whole world by doing that. 
Thank you, Daron. I really appreciate you having me. It was totally fun. You're a wonderful, wonderful soul. So gentle, so kind, so so open and divine is really flowing through you. And it's very, very special and very rare. And I hope you get millions of viewers and who see and hear your message and feel the love that you have. And uh, maybe we'll see each other again sometime. Absolutely. I accept that, honestly. And thank you again, Ulrike viewers. I will be sure to include all of Ricky's, uh, Ulrike, excuse me, her contact information, how to get in touch with her and how to learn how to heal yourself through singing. Thank so again, you. thank you for coming. Everyone, peace and love to the world. And I yeah. will see you on All right. the next Thanks, episode.